Hello and welcome to another episode of Reboot Higher Ed. I'm your host, Paul Bolton. You know, I have not done an episode for a while. I had to step away from the podcast because there's a there's a lot going on and a lot of information being shoveled at all of us. And I don't just do the podcast, Reboot Higher Ed, I actually work in higher education. But more importantly, I'm also a husband and a father. And there's like there's a lot of hats we wear at the schools we work at and there's a lot of hats we wear at home with all those hats the podcast hat had to be put to the side um obviously i know that i am preaching to the choir when 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 saying those things like all of us are stretched so thin right now and you know there i i i didn't have that like push to, to 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 sit down and write a show and and when you when you don't have that it's pointless of doing that because all I would probably do is just sit there and just pontificate about nothing. And uh, I would have wasted your time. Didn't want to do that. Uh, but more importantly, I also wasted mine. Uh, I, I, I don't know how everybody's you know wellness is do, is right now. I, I do hope for it, wherever you're listening to this podcast that um, that you know that you are feeling. Um, a little bit better than you were at this time. Well, I guess in March of last year, um, there's a there's so much change that's happening each day that we turn on the TV. So I'm I'm recording this episode on January seventh. All right. So geez, January sixth is crazy. All right. So January seventh, here we are, um, recording an episode of Reboot Higher Ed on today of all days, and sipping some black tea. Excuse me. And I uh, needed to just, you know, I was reflecting and I did have, you know, an an episode that I really wanted to uh, put out there and I'm going to do it right now. Uh, And there was elements of it that, though, that I wanted to change because like, what was I going to talk about? I wanted to talk about like the FAFSA and the completion rates of the FAFSA and what does that mean? And then the, the college application completion rates and submissions and what does that mean but then i was thinking you all like i don't know about you but for me i have been given that information time and time again and along with a whole bunch of other items that are occurring that would impact enrollment for fall that would impact our transfer students coming in that would impact our high school seniors coming in that possibly in the future could impact the graduate students coming into the universities. So that with that, like I don't, <laughs> with that, I, I didn't know that I could add anything to that that would that would be any different than anything you were hearing. So um, I, like you, have been in countless webinars and countless Zoom meetings and um, learning everything about uh, what we should expect. Uh, by other experts for next year, which, you know, we're heading that way right now. We're in January, so it'll be August before we know it, and uh, students entering our campus, um, and then some, you know, that had students enter just this spring uh, for in January. So let, let's get to it. So first of all, yeah, I, bringing up, I brought up the faster tracker, so let me just talk about that real quick, because if you're not using it, definitely it's a great tool. So the National College Attainment Network has an interactive dashboard that tracks the completion rates uh, of the FAFSA. So it does that, and it actually will, it ranks the states. Um, the states right now in numerical order, 
numerical order. Thank you. Um, and the, again, this is as of uh, December 25th, and I'm recording this on January 7th. So that's how new the data is on the FAFSA tracker. Uh, but the top 10 states are Illinois, number one, and then follows by Washington, D.C., New Jersey, Tennessee, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Hawaii, uh, Kentucky, Rhode Island, and Maryland. So those are your top 10 states. What does that mean to you? Well, if you're in one of those states, great. Your FAFSA completion rates are up. Um, what does that mean for your enrollment? Well, obviously, if your FAFSA completion rates are down in your state, it's going to impact a lot of the enrollment, especially that you might see with those students at your public institutions or private institutions, um, you know, that are trying to stay close to home uh, and your school happens to be in their backyard. Well, that's going to impact. But, you know, so like other pieces of that, like, OK, so we have the FAFSA tracker now, but we didn't have anything like that in the past. Uh, another innovation innovation that has occurred. But high schools, we um uh, we relied on self-reported surveys in the past uh, rather than uh, using that um, uh, uh, that ID uh, for when fascists are completed. So this data is going to be a lot more beneficial than what we did in the past, but such is COVID-19 innovations, right? So we have a new way to do something that is more reliable and that we can actually track. Um, and what is that going to actually mean for your enrollment? Like I just said, like, you know, obviously within your state, you're going to know what, how schools are performing. Um, but also for peace of mind, uh, you need to look at some of that data and look and, and see, like, is there a specific, because you can drill down, you all, I'll put the link in my show notes, but you can drill down within your state into that high school. So see some of those high schools that have brought students to your institution in the past that you do see a dip in, Okay. Look at that completion. Now, if those completion rates are high and they're not applying to the institution, well, okay, that there's a, there's a whole other thing that we have to look at there. But like, if those completion rates are relatively like solid, um, and uh, you have students, well, are not solid, but you also have students that have applied for the institution, of you know, and they haven't been awarded or you have an incomplete application file, well. Um, I think strategically, that is one of those like school counselors, recruitment territory type of conversations to really kind of figure out what is actually going on and why that would be occurring. And then also, is there any institute, is there any um, assistance that your institution can offer, whether it be a virtual financial aid uh, admissions type of uh, event, um, even though I would proceed with caution, because as I've been finding, as I talk to more of my peers in higher education, um, attendance on those is kind of hit or miss. So is there a different way um, to actually communicate that? Um, and if it were me, I would be thinking about a different like on-demand type of method through video that I could have that the same discussion with a parent. Um, if it were me, that's um, I'm, I'm, I'm moving more into on-demand and less than virtual because the time that we might have that virtual live session might not match up. You can still articulate the same idea and and have the same desired outcome achieved um, with a larger base if we can actually can some of that information. So, um, but that's just me. So the the thing with like the FAFSA completion rates um, and then the college application rates, like those things are down. But like the, we are um, the post secondary education residual impact is from K through twelve. Well, well, and 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 your seniors in high school right now. They, it's not a normal senior year, obviously. It wasn't a normal junior year. 
Um, let me take a step back real quick. We in higher education recruitment rely on milestones to really forecast and build our classes. We need those. We, that's all. We, 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 that's the way that we do it. This is done in November. You have your early admissions times and deadlines. You know all those things that um, uh, go in that recruitment cycle. Are those milestones that we depend on have completely been erased. But it's also normal. And here's why I'm saying that: because seniors don't have the milestones. Right, FAFSAs are down. Why? Why would FAFSAs and college applications be down? Well, there's also events that aren't happening on high school, and and on the campus, the high school, uh, at high school. Sorry, uh, locations right now. Like there's, they're not having the same interaction with their school counselors. They're not having FAFSA nights. They're not having application nights. Um, most is virtual. You have your Google Classroom, you have your Google Meets, Zoom, whatever they're using, and um, a lot of emails, um, reminders. Um, it's a different environment. And if anything, I think like our, our high school seniors right now are are taking – right now they are experiencing some of what college can be like. It's a lot of like you're going to have to log in, you're going to have to get your stuff done, you're going to have to submit it on time. Um, so there's a lot that's changed in their life and their – um, I don't know how many of you all that are parents also get those emails from, you know, you know teachers that like something wasn't submitted or is incomplete or, or whatnot, um, or your, your students are getting those. And that's just like, okay, with all that said, well, heck yeah, it's going to impact our college application submissions and our completion rates and, and whatnot. It, yes, it is. Um, but, you know, are we going to like square peg, circle hole this and, you know, now in March last year, when a lot of us moved off of campus and went virtually, we were pivoting and it was a reaction um, state. But in March, many of us had already formed those classes that were coming in. Uh, most of your transfer student population had uh, matriculated. So you're, you know, end of spring and summer, and now everything else has been prepped for fall. Um, so obviously with a and you know we're in a different state. We're on the, the the front end of this now, and trying to build a class through this pandemic. And then also, pandemic aside, just the state of our nation. There's a lot of distractions out there. All right. So if it's not COVID nineteen, you know it's stuff on the hill. Um, so I, I, th- there's a lot to to weed through. And is college top of mind? It is. It's just there's a whole bunch of other things that are on top of it too. I do, it does have its place, okay? Um, I, I, I believe that our FAFSA completion rates will continue to go up. Um, there's just, they're just not where they were at a specific time. And, we, you know, it, people love to do that data at this time last year, um, 2020 versus 2021. And, like, I don't, th- I, I think that, you, <laughs> that that's a 2021 and 20, 2020, like, just forget about it. It's not, it doesn't make any sense to do that. Um, so don't panic and stay the course. Brings it to the next point. And so when I was thinking about like, okay, everything that I want to talk about, you know, really all like right now too, it's us as leaders within our institutions. And then how, what, what kind of leadership do we have? What kind of leadership do we have? And then also what kind of processes do we have? Okay, so the, what, what's your leadership? And now the, the thing in higher education recruitment is you have to have a little bit of both. So you're going to have to have that transactional and transformational. you got to have that. So 
the trans, you know, the transactional is that normal state, the flow, keeping things afloat, right? So, uh, you know, keeping employees motivated, keeping your staff motivated. Uh, there's, uh, I mean, it's 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 a much needed day to day. You got to stay on top of things. But that transformational piece right now is huge because it goes beyond managing day to day. Um, and it is more about building those strategies uh, for taking that team to taking the the department um, into the next level of performance and success. So how do you build? How do you do that now? And that that <laughs> that's going to take some like learning on your your end too, because like okay, so everyone you know, the first of the year, hopefully everyone had a good break. But like now, now you're at the tail end of this. You got to drive some of this recruitment home, and I think as leaders, we have to kind of look within ourselves and go, okay, so are we ready for this? Um, and and look outside just day to day, and hopefully your people are prepared and and doing everything they need to do. But also, you have to be able to think about um, uh, keeping that motivation going and 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 building strategies. Um, you know, the transactional piece of your mind or the hat that you wear, uh, can, you know, address the small operation stuff you can probably do in your sleep, but it's that the transformational style that is going to be that strategic development piece that is like so needed right now. And then also with that transformational is the ability to lead up, which we've talked about on shows and having conversations outside of the normal, uh, conversations within your institutions. Um, right now the transactional transformative look at the processes too because more than likely a transactional leader has that transactional process and that happens so much in higher ed and that is if anything i think that has as much impact on our fall uh, recruitment in the and the different student types of graduate transfer and and, and high school seniors coming in if anything because transactional is, hey, you've done this, now you move on to this department. You move on to this department. You know, it's passing the students through to matriculation. And I think we have to, like, relook at that. There's probably some positions within your university that can probably do more than one thing for one student. Um, and many smaller schools are probably understaffed as it is. Um, and I don't know if any schools have gone through layoffs or you know, had people get sick or, or leave. Um, so, the, you know, cross-training and, and building up an, an, uh, one of your staff members, I think, is also, you know, is like, can you, can you recreate or reinvent or, you know, have, have somebody that does more than one thing? Um, obviously, that can be difficult because... Um, someone does an item they want to be compensated for it as well so there's those types of discussions which you're going to have to have that transformational leadership style and you can you know to, to get some of those things done um and i'm not here just pitching like some book about transformational transactional you all but it's just like something that's on, on my mind because there's too much out there that we can't control with all the information that we're getting but if you only know how to lead one way, you can't really do much with um, a lot of that data um, in your institutions if you only think one way. So, um, and then if we have everything transactional and siloed, 
by fall next year, it's not going to be a very smooth transition that normally we have the ability to figure it out when students are present, but they're not present and it's going to be virtual. And hopefully at this time next year, it's not um, with some of our student um, interactions that we like to do that are milestone events entering um, their, their first year in college. Um, items that we like to do with our transfer students that are getting acclimated with your university, um, especially those adult students. A lot of those things are, are, you know, are having to be put on the back burner, um, and that's unfortunate. But if you can kind of transform your processes and you as a person, as a leader, I think that you, I think that's the first spot to kind of look to start at. So the, you can't control that, that outside element. You know, our universities are our own little like towns and cultures. Like it's our own little area. So like we have to, you know, own that and, and take ownership of that and say, okay, so we still want to give you this experience. Um, we're just going to go about it a different way. And this, I'm not talking about it in the classroom. That's a whole, that's not my expertise. It's a whole different thing. And, um, you know, th- Thank God for all the the faculty and their innovative and entrepreneurial ways out there that are continuing to build their programs. But how do we get the students to them? And then also, how are we uh, uh, making sure that uh, we're keeping those that are are bringing it in every day uh, motivated and, and empowered um, and wanting to lead? You know, we we're, I'm going to be a team of leaders, not not a leader of people. Uh, leader of staff it's a leader of leaders and uh, I think that there's a lot of people that are probably working institution that could contribute more um, given the opportunity and um, we have to kind of look at some things differently because what I started this podcast uh, off with is you know our our people have more than just like their jobs um, at our institutions they are they are people that have families and you know they've every pets families whatever they just there's there's so much going on in everybody's lives um but we're all working higher ed for for one reason that's because like we believe in what a higher education can do for you and if we really want to prove that what a better time than now to show by our actions that we can transform we can adapt we can learn differently and not only can we learn differently we can apply which is what we teach you, and that's why you go to college. You know, to think outside of the box, to just think strategically. You know, to go against the grain. You know, that's what makes college cool. Changes the way that you think. It conflicts the heck out of you, and you come out, and you, 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 you no one can take that away from you, and no one can take you know the, the experience at your university probably away from that student be able to provide that though it starts with each one of us saying that like I'm going to own this piece of it and I'm not going to just pass the buck on to somebody else in a transactional manner like this needs to be a very comprehensive process that really wraps around our students so they feel secure in their decision to make the second biggest investment they'll probably ever make in their life and um, I'm going to stop at that right now so um, I hope to have more episodes coming up. Um, Take care of yourselves. Um, Take care of one another. Uh, Take care of your people at school. Take care of your students. Take care of your staff. Take care of yourself. Um, Sip on some coffee or black tea in the morning 
and, you know, put on the Calm app. <laughs> uh, do what you got to do um, to get your, your mind uh, wrapped around uh, some of the uh, challenges that are, are ahead um, that we're all going to face. And uh, thanks for tuning in to Reboot Higher Ed. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the show, please subscribe. Um, leave me a review. A review. Um, helps me a review helps me bring my podcast um, and the content to more that work in the higher education space. Uh, so again, I thank you for your time and have a great rest of your day.